There's plenty of happening in the world of motorsport right at the moment. We'll speak with Lachlan Mansell about just a taste of what's been going on. I hope you stay with us on Inside Motorsport. Lachlan Mansell has, gets busier and busier this time of year. As we get into the coldest months of the year, that's when things really pick up across Australia. Well, they do indeed. There's been plenty on. This is the portion of the motorsport park. We've uh, got the super trucks in Wakefield Park this weekend. And uh, a bit of Formula One over in Russia as well. Hasn't it been an interesting Formula One season? Nico Rosberg seemingly untouchable at the front of the field. And it seems like the mechanical dramas that plagued him last year have been moved over to his teammate in the 44, Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, Lewis Hamilton just cannot take a trick at the moment, can he? Especially in qualifying. Um, it seems that whenever there's problems, they always seem to happen to his car. But nevertheless, he's done a good job so far of minimising points damage inflicted by Rosberg. And once again, at Russia, he came through from 10th on the grid to finish the race in second position to minimise the number of points that he lost to Rosberg. I always think it's a measure of the person's language skills when he can be doing something and then when it all goes wrong, can swear profusely in a foreign language and still be completely comprehensible and uh, comprehensible that is what happened with Sebastian Vettel who for the second meeting in a row got beaten around the ears by a, a Red Bull driver by uh, a Russian Red Bull driver as well so I think Danny Kvyat is probably Sebastian Vettel's least favorite person in the world at the moment because in China, it was a, a legitimate move from Kvyat up the inside into the first corner. But in Russia, it was a braking error into the first corner. Contact with Vettel's car, which punctured his tyre. And then contact a bit further around the next couple of corners, which saw Vettel's car spinning off into the wall. And uh, his language, shall we say, most of which was censored before it hit the television co coverage was colourful, to say the least. Mm, but it does show just how competitive... Both the Ferraris and the Red Bulls are because they've been having a really strong start to the season and in some respects Mercedes doesn't have the, the huge performance advantage it's been enjoying over the last two years. That said, they've still had the result. Yeah, well, they've still won all four races, haven't they, this season and they've still had every pole position as well. Unfortunately, for a variety of reasons, we get to really see Ferrari take it up to them in race pace because... Uh, every time Ferrari's had an opportunity to challenge them, uh, particularly Sebastian Vettel, there's been some sort of incident which has robbed him of that opportunity. So in Russia on the weekend, even before he got taken out, he had a five-grid position penalty anyway. So he was starting down in seventh spot, and it was always going to be difficult to challenge Rosberg from there. But I think the other thing that's clear is that the Red Bulls have improved quite significantly, and Daniel Ricciardo in particular is driving really well he got unlucky on the weekend as well, getting caught up in that incident in the first corner, uh, suffering some damage, and then having to come into the pits very early on. And, and unfortunately, Red Bull took a gamble on putting the medium tyres on his car that didn't pay off either. So it was the first race where he 
failed to score points this season, but even so, I think the Red Bull is still a much more competitive proposition than it was last season. Yeah, it's been an interesting Formula 1 season, and certainly the way the cars have been performing, there's been some fantastic passing moves up through the field right throughout all the four races so far. So it bodes well in a, a very controversial time for Formula 1 that the racing has been very enjoyable to watch. It has, particularly in the midfield, because while you've got Mercedes, Ferrari and generally Red Bull fighting it out of the front, after that it's very close between all of the teams. Williams has looked very competitive on occasion. Force India have had some good performances. We saw uh, the Renault team, uh, since they took over from Lotus at the beginning of the year, getting their first points of the year with Kevin Magnussen on the weekend. And even the uh, the debut Haas team, having its first season in Formula 1, has had some very strong performances, especially for Romain Grosjean, who's finished uh, in the points inside the top 10 in three of the first four races, which for a brand new team is an outstanding. Well, turning our attention from Formula One to Wakefield Park, and you mentioned before the trucks are on track this weekend, and always a, a fascinating division because they just don't handle or perform like you normally see in your performance cars that normally go around the Wakefield Park circuit. No, and they take up a lot of space on the track as well. So overtaking is always a big challenge for them around the tight confines of Wakefield Park. But it should be competitive amongst the trucks. Stephen Zammett, who won the championship last year, comes into the weekend as the favourite. But um, the Max Superliners, which uh, came into the championship a couple of years ago, they've been on very much an upward trajectory in terms of their development. Um, and driven by Barry Butwell and Marcus Prilwitz. I'm expecting them to be pretty competitive this weekend. Now, of course, uh, on the other side of the country, the V8 supercars are going to be having their next round of the championship at Barbagello. And this one, I think, is another event where we'll be interested to see if Red Bull can get their act together and get themselves some solid points, remembering that last year Erebus took a race win and this year they're a completely different outfit. Yeah, and the main characteristic of Barbagallo is that it has quite an abrasive surface. So on the soft compound tyres, tyre strategy and management is going to be the key. Last year it was Erebus that got it right with Will Davison, and we've seen on occasion some very good performances from the likes of Brad Jones Racing over in Perth as well. Um, And I think we might see a bit of a mixture in results this weekend because teams might, for example, have a good batch of tyres for one particular race, but then um, that sort of sacrifices them a bit for the next race. So how the teams manage their tyres throughout the weekend, which of the teams best uh, manages their strategy will play a part in determining the results. Yes, and of course the next round after Perth is at Winton and tickets are on sale now. They are indeed. Um, very much looking forward to the Winton round. Make sure that you jump on the Winton website and grab your tickets because uh, that's bound to be an exciting V8 Supercars event on the newly resurfaced track. And, of course, last weekend you were up in Sydney where the uh, Porsches were out in force. They were indeed. We had the Porsche Rennsport Festival at Sydney Motorsport Park and the big contingent of old and new Porsches racing in a variety of categories. We had the two national-level categories of Carrera Cup and GT3 Cup Challenge but we also had a Porsche sports car category, which was open to pretty much any type of racing Porsche, and also a historic category for the Group S Porsches. So 
Um, entertaining racing right throughout the weekend. The Carrera Cup had two one-hour endurance races where we saw a number of V8 supercar drivers coming into co-drive with the series regulars. And uh, in the end, it was the young gun who's recently been signed by Nissan Motorsports V8 supercar endurance races this year, Matt Campbell, who won both of the one-hour races alongside Jeff Emery, who we've seen racing in the Australian GT Championship the last couple of seasons. Plenty of exotic cars there, including uh, some Le Mans, uh, well, some Milan open top cars uh, as well. So the, the Porsche factory celebrating their history and bringing cars down to Australia for the event. Indeed. Um, so we had, for example, one of the Porsche LMP1 cars on display. We had uh, Rusty French with his Porsche uh, 935 on display as well. Um, and uh, as you said, some uh, V8 supercar drivers getting in on the action particularly um, Shane Van Gisberg and the way that he adapted to the career Cup car was quite spectacular. And there's a great video on the, uh, I think it's on the Speed Cafe website or motorsportstv.com.au who are live streaming the event where Van Gisberg had charged from last on the grid up to second in one of the races. And that was uh, pretty enthralling stuff. Yeah, it was good indeed. And uh, Lucky, always a pleasure to catch up with you here on Inside Motorsport. Do you have a tip for us for this weekend? You've given us your track tip, but what about the V8s? Uh, for the V8 supercars, I yeah, it's a tough one because it's been a pretty competitive season so far with so many different winners from all different races. But I might go a bit of an upset and tip Tim Slade to this one. All right. Well, lucky. Pleasure to have you back here on Inside Motorsport. Look forward to catching up with you again soon. Cheers, Craig. Thanks for having me. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Motorsport. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.